All right, guys, we're back for another episode of 20-something, 40-something. Uh, my name's Garth. And uh, I'm Tosh. And uh, we are excited to be back again. We've been on a roll. Things have been uh, really good for us. And uh, we've been some brainstorming some more ideas because, um, yeah, we've just been good. And the feedback's been really good. Um, please send some more. Um, I know I've had some friends reach out to me and say, hey, um, you know, can you talk about this? I'm going through this. I want to hear you guys' opinion on that. And that's really cool. Um, that just means that we've got something to say and um, and our words matter. So uh, tonight we are talking about a couple of things. Um, this one kind of came inspiration of a close friend of mine, and I know uh, Natasha's got some um, experience um, with this, and it's having to make a move, um, either relocating state to state or county to county, or having to take your kids out of schools um, and just move your family because of either economic situation, job, safety, security, all that. Um, uh, that'll be on that part. And then I think we're going to try and segue into just having conversations with your kids um, that aren't, that's a little bit more on the mature adult side, just so that they can understand and also prepare your kids for the world. Um, and then just try and give um, an evolved look at how some of our culture handles um, kids and parenting. Um, we've got some opinions on that, but um, I don't know, we'll get started. So, and Natasha? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, y'all. So. Um, at, you know, if, if you've heard my other, um, episodes that I have done, I do talk about, you know, when I was in situations where I had to leave, you know, where the kids and I were living and, um, you know, it was always, it was always a lot of pressure on me. I mean, for many reasons, obviously, but, you know, really wanting to be able to give my kids consistency, you know, in their life. And um, I have a lot of um, a lot of guilt. I'm a big guilt carrier, unfortunately, because of the way I was raised. So, um, you know, the the last situation that I had in 2019, you know, I had moved my children from Delaware. You know, I was in a relationship that I thought was healthy and, you know, I was in it for over two years and it felt safe. So... When I made the move down to um, Florida, uh, within four months, it just, it fell apart. And, um, you know, I felt terrible because I had just got my kids in a, you know, a, a new school and they were just starting to make friends and they were just starting to, you know, settle in. And, and it was February time. Like they started school, what, like the end of August and then like February time, we had to move. And there was no way in hell that I could afford to live in that part of Florida. 
as a single parent. No way. And, um, you know, I just had to swallow that. I, it wasn't realistic. And I had to, you know, take my kids out of school again and, um, you know, find somewhere else, obviously, to live and put them in a new school district. And I felt just terrible. Um, and they were upset. And, you know, I, I know that a lot of parents, um, I don't want to say just mothers, because, you know, there are fathers that, you know, take on a, a sole role, you know, of uh, providing and caring and, you know, for their kids. But, you know, it it was really, um, it was a really fucked up situation. And, you know, me having to just bring the kids to a, another school district in the middle of the school year. I mean, my son, my oldest, he was in high school. You know, I moved him out of one high school in Delaware to another high school and then fucking moved him again. And, um, you know, especially in high school, it's it's hard. And these kids are trying to prepare for, you know, like going into life. And it, I, I know for me, like... When I was growing up, it was every year I was in a different school district. I, I never grew up with kids, ever, like the same kids, um, until I moved to Delaware. And then I didn't like the majority of them anyway. So. <laughs> yeah, that happens um, too. Yeah, but so this guilt that I was having, you know... For parents that are going through this right now with their children, the thing that I can say is, the bigger picture is, number one, you got to have your kids in a safe environment. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if you cannot make it happen in a specific area because it's way too expensive, not feasible, whatever, and you have to move your kids out of that, you know, school district and you got to go somewhere else, you just got to fucking do it because safety is number one. Um, and, you know, there are us parents that, you know, we want to make life easy for our kids. You know, that's because we love them and we know what it is to struggle and we know what it is to feel alone and not have friends or having to start over again. It's not easy. But when you're putting your kids in this situation, you can't beat yourself up that much because at the end of the day, that's life. And we're teaching our kids ultimately how to be pliable and flexible, you know, when it comes to life. Because if you're babying your children too much and, you know, um, breaking your ass, you know, <laughs> to keep them somewhere where you know it's not, you know, doable. Yeah then what happens when, you know, they get older and life really hits them in the ass and they're like, you know, they don't know how to handle it. So I had to look at it from like that perspective, you know, to make it, I guess, more digestible for me, um, you know, having to put my kids through that situation. So their safety is paramount. And then, you know, hey, kids, you know, it sucks. I know, but you're going to make new friends and you know, everything happens in life for a reason. And we may not understand it. It may seem unfair at the time, but you're going to get through this. And then kids start realizing that 
they're more powerful, you know, than they could even fathom, you know? Oh, you know, this is nothing. I mean, yeah, I miss my friends. I made friends, but look, I can make new friends and, you know, new doors open for me. And, you know, so that's a way that I had to deal with that. So, you know, uh, ladies, gentlemen, you know, if you're in a situation currently like that, you know, don't beat yourself up too much. And then be real with your kids, you know? I, I had to tell my kids, look, I'm sorry that this shit happened. I thought it was going to work out with me and so-and-so, and it didn't. But that's how life is sometimes. And um, But we're going to be okay, and I'm going to show you how we're going to be okay. So yeah. follow my lead, you know, dust yourself off, pick yourself up off the ground. We're going to be good. And now I find, you know, that my kids, I mean, they they know how to roll with the punches. You know, they're not so fragile. Where they're like, oh, well, you know, this happened. What am I going to do? I mean, they're like, okay, I'll be fine. I know I'm going to be fine because mom was fine. We've been through this. So, yeah. Yeah. And there's always that adjustment period, too. Like, um, my my daughter, I don't have, being a dad, um, I feel like sometimes is a little different. Like, I think overall men tend to uh when it comes to kids and education sometimes they tend to let the moms handle that uh part of the situation even like in my separation and in my divorce um my kids um go where their moms like them to go and we do have conversations so my daughter started off um, kindergarten and first grade at one school. Uh, then her mom had to move and um, uh, went to a different school closer. But I assisted in that with just kind of the address and the zoning and checking out the school. And, and so she went to another school for second grade. And then... Um, she ended up going to like a charter private school and then another charter private school. Um, and she shifted, but she went from larger schools to smaller schools. So there was an adjustment period for her. And my daughter, um, is competitive when it comes to education early on. She, um, you know, she's like every kid had a little bit of a focus issue and struggled, but, um, then she got into a school that was competitive and she kind of took off. <clears throat> and now she's in a, a public high school, but she's thriving. And, you know, she didn't love it. Um, her mom and I sometimes struggled about like keeping her in one school while you're moving her around all the time. Um, but in the long run, I trusted her. I know it's not always the case um, with everybody, but there's always that saying of like, you can't see the forest from the trees. Um, And sometimes you just got to go with your gut and know that like you are putting your child's best. Um, You're, you're caring for their, their well-being and looking out for uh, the best for them. And, um, you know, I got lucky with my daughter. 
um, and now she's thriving in high school. Um, and I was worried too, because she's at a huge high school um, and she went to a really small um, Christian school before, um, but you know, the education was the focus there and uh, thank God for that. Now she's, she's doing great. Um, my son hasn't had that opportunity yet, but um, I know if it ever came down to it, like in our, my marriage agreement or my um, MSA agreement, um, you know, his mom controls where he goes to school, uh, which was just part of the agreement, just in case um, I had to move because at the time I was um, interviewing for some jobs out of state. Um, but I know that the school that he's at now is awesome. It's where my daughter started off. Um, so I, hopefully that won't be necessarily the case other than as they move through um, middle school and then high school. But, you know, I have a friend who uh, I've been friends with for a long, long time, one of my oldest friends. And she was the one that called me to kind of inspire this. And she's got a situation. She went through a really tough situation where something happened um, at work. And, um, you know, she's a single parent with a daughter. And um, she was asking, like, what do I do? And, um, you know, and she's like, well, you know, the school that my daughter's at is really good. And do I just stick it out and and um, and do it for her? And I said, well, I think if she was maybe a little older, that would be more of a concern. But I think she's at an age where you can have that conversation with her of saying, hey, this is this is for the best and we'll make new friends, you know, um, you know, and, and I will always be there for you. Um, you know, she is she researches all of the schools and she knows the area. Uh, she's just a little concerned about like moving somewhere, um, but she had to. She had to get out of this company that she was at. Um, they put her there was a situation that put her in a place where she just wasn't comfortable. She's been through a lot um, and she had to go. And um, but she's worried. And I'm like, you know, kids really are more resilient than we give them credit for. Yeah, definitely. Um, but, you know, sometimes they're going to have their, you know, some kids are going to have their emotional breakdowns. You know, some kids are going to cry because they're going to miss their friends. And um, and you take all that into account. But in the long run, you know, it's like you give some kids some adversity um, and then teach them how to cope yeah. with it. Yeah, that's a big thing. I'm sorry to interrupt. No, you're good. But yeah, I just want to say like the whole resilience thing like that. It They are unless you are handling them with kid gloves all the time, you know, and like you're trying to baby them because you're acting like they're going to break then they will break because they won't know yeah. how to deal with any adversity or any any change in their life. Um, yeah, and I think this is where we are, I mean, I, like, I'm not that old, but, like, how fast it has changed from, like, this is why you put your kids in after-school clubs or um, do an activity. I know financially sometimes it's tough, um, but 
put them in sports, you know, let them have an outlet. Um, if you have a why, you know, do some clubs, um, let them stay after school and hang out with the kids there, um, you know, rather than pick them up and, and drive them home and then them be bored and be antisocial in a way or, um, you know, find outlets for them temporarily so that they can express themselves um, and not just start to implode a little bit with, you know, some adversity. Um, God, I'm trying to think. Like, I moved. My only experience is my own. Um, you know, I went to, um, from first to fourth, I went to one Catholic school. Uh, we moved down the street, and then I went to another Catholic school that was all boys. And um, I was scared, too. Like, I'm not going to know anybody. Um, you know, they're going to make fun of me. They're going to do this. I got to wear a uniform, a shirt and tie, and a blazer. Like, Oh my gosh, this is nuts. Um, but then I, you know, then I handled it. And then I went to, um, you know, then I went out to the suburbs in Chicago and went to a Catholic school. And, you know, of course, like high school is another animal all in itself. Um, and I know it's a little bit tougher now these days. Middle school, I heard, is crazy yeah. these days. Holy mm -hmm. cow, kids are mean. Um, I mean, they make grown people, grown folk cry, right? And um, Not me. Well, of course. <laughs> I just look at them like, oh, okay, okay, move on, yeah, little jit. Um, <laughs> but, uh, and then, like, for me, I in high school, like, um, junior year, I left Chicago to come down to Florida. And uh, I finished high school in Florida. And that was a huge change because I went from a school of thousands like my freshman class um in chicago was like 500 plus kids freshmen wow and to a school of like 250 so like that was a culture shock too where it was just like i had all these kids and then i'm down here with like half of what like half of what my freshman class was in the whole school and um that was that was wild for me um mm -hmm. It was kind of nice, you know, you got out of the city. Um, and maybe there's some things there, too, where, like, I was starting to rebel. Like, I've shared in a couple episodes. Um, you know, I was starting to rebel, and I had some family issues, too. And, um, you know, I overall, it, it worked out. Um, you know, it was just after, after high school is when my when my situation just kind of took off and my demons just took over. But um, I actually kind of wanted to move. It was kind of fun to like move schools and meet new people. And, and I know not everybody, not every kid is like that and it, it's tough for everybody. But if it's for safety purposes um, or financial reasons, like do not hesitate, put that oxygen mask on first um, and then, you know, put your kids at oxygen mask on and, and just, get out even if it's temporary um i don't see anywhere in adulthood now where it mattered what grade school or elementary school or even fucking high school i went to um you know because when you get out in the real world like as much as i mean i shit i tell kids now like stay in school as long as you as long as you can because adulthood ain't the hood that you think it is when you're young, because uh, you got responsibilities and bills. And I'm like, man, I'm trying to go back to school. 
I want to stay in school the whole time. Other than I know, Natasha, you're like, fuck them schools. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, have those conversations. Like have, come back to like a family gathering and just, just sit and talk about like, okay, what's the biggest fear? What's, you know, what are you worried about? What are, you know, what are the things that could go wrong? What are the things that you want hopefully to go right? And, um, manifest those like have those conversations but god please don't like when a kid is struggling you know this segues into one thing that i was talking about like stop just telling them uh to suck it up you know like be gentle it's a big thing uh for kids to move uh and to grow up um yeah and and this is something that i want to add um so like we were talking about what was it, like in the beginning of the week, last week or whatever, Um, you know, sometimes us parents feel like, you know, like saying suck it up or, you know, stop your crying or whatever, like is um, like the right thing to do or whatever. But, you know, I think it's also important to realize that, yeah, we're parents, but we are we're life coaches. Mm, yeah. <laughs> Everyone wants to be a life coach these days. Look, if you're a parent, you're a fucking life coach. Yep. You are teaching these children how to, you know, be an adult, be a human and function in this world with all the highs and the lows that it comes with. So if you have to look at yourself and be like, you know, I'm, I'm a life coach, then that's what the fuck you are. And, you know, be that for your child, you know, instead of just saying, you know, acting like they're just um, getting on your nerves. And, you know, like if, if you are trying to be a life coach for somebody, you know, mm-hmm. would you be like, oh, stop your fucking crying? <laughs> you know, no, you wouldn't. You'd be like, OK, well, this is what you need to do. Yeah. You need to do that for your children because your child, you're teaching them how to be a fucking human in this crazy ass world. Yeah, the one thing that just drives me nuts sometimes, and <clears throat> it's a culture thing, I guess. I, I don't know. Um, you know, I am a black man, but sometimes what drives me nuts is watching these parents, um, you know, two, three, four-year-olds just running and having a good time and laughing, and then they snatch them and get your ass over here. Don't you do that? And I'm just like... Oh my God, like they're a little kid. They don't know any different, right? And, and, um, or, you know, just parents just outright embarrassing their kids. Now, there's good embarrassment for, for funny purposes, but like just outright, like disgracing their kids in public in front of people because of how they were raised, you know, like you get an opportunity to raise kids and you can go so many different ways. Like there is no true book on how to parent your child. I mean, there are a bunch of guidelines. Um, there's, there's some research that can help you, but like your kids, I know my kids, um, and I would love to say that my kids are different, but I think it's just, I, I just see it differently. Like my kids help me all the time. 
on how to be a better parent. And that is in my prayers too. Like I always ask like, how do I need to be a better parent today? How can I be more patient? How can I be more guiding? Um, Addison, my oldest, taught me all of the mistakes that I made um, at first because you make a ton of them when they're your first kid. Um, and even your only kid, you will make mistakes. Uh, and even in their resiliency, like I was always worried that my kids were going to have the same resentment as me, um, but they were, hopefully they won't um, because I learned my... I learned my shit and not to keep projecting my shit onto them. Um, so one thing, uh, well, another thing that I want to share. So my, my aunt, she had told me, because, again, I hold a lot of guilt, you know, for being in different relationships and my kids seeing, you know, all these ups and downs and, you know, and it's hard to hide things because, number one, your kids... They know a lot of shit. You know, they're listening all the time, all the time. when we think they're not. Yeah. And they're a lot smar smarter than, you know, we give them credit for. So, so much smarter. So, um, you know, I, I would I would have this guilt, you know, for putting the kids through it and not giving them this life, you know, this white picket fence and a mom and dad and blah, blah, blah. So um, my aunt had told me, your children are learning through you mm -hmm. that when you make a mistake they learn how to you know and you pick yourself up they learn that that's what they you know can do you know if they if they fuck up in life um they know you know oh, well this is what mom did she picked herself up she dusted herself off and she kept it moving mm -hmm. you know so you know, a, a lot of the problem is, too, is that we have parents and maybe this is more so like the older generation, like our parents, where they wouldn't want to tell you if they did drugs. They they would try to like act like they were so perfect. Oh, yeah, I waited to have, you know, sex. Like I, I waited for marriage and then I had sex and I only had sex with one person. Like, uh, no, that's bullshit. <laughs> yeah. Your ass was getting drunk and getting fucked, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so... And yeah, people are like, well, you don't want to tell your kids that. When your kids ask, that means they're ready to learn, number one, okay? And it, it's, I feel, very important to just be so real with your kids, you know? I mean, within reason, but I'm not going to sit here and act like, oh, I, I always had the best grades and, you know, I had such great integrity and, you know, like how our parents used to like to say, oh, I, I walked, you know, five miles to school and, <laughs> yeah. you know, seven feet of snow. And, <laughs> Exaggerated. No, yeah, come on. Stories. Because yeah. what happens is if our kids believe us, that puts so much pressure on them to like live up to something that we didn't even fucking live up to, you know, yeah. as parents. So like, just be real, you know? I mean, yeah, it was uncomfortable to tell my kids, yeah, I, you know, I've smoked weed. And I tell them, no, I don't want you to do it. But yeah, you know, or yeah, I had sex before marriage, you know, um, this is what I learned from it. I would prefer you not to do it, but you know, so it, it's just, just being real with your kids. Yeah. Um, I had a, <clears throat> I got a spiritual guide, um, and she told a story this weekend. I did a workshop, um, that was really great information that will 
uh, I'll do s some more research and more stuff on it. Maybe we'll put it in a little podcast for you guys because it's really good. But she told a story um, that she got, and she was criticized the way she parented her kids. Um, but she was one of those parents that like held nothing back. Um, and she made sure that her kids made it through. She had uh, daughters and a son. She made it sure that her kids made it through high school um, as virgins because of so many different reasons. And one, she was a biologic, a bio um, uh, research and therapist as well. But she, I'll tell the story first. So she would tell her kids, um, you know, if anything weird would happen, like if a uh, an adult followed you into the bathroom or like if you know they were a little creepy like you know you find the most high authority highest authority ranking adult and you tell them and you grab them and you don't take no for an answer and you tell them exactly what happened full detail um no fear just you know do it <clears throat> and so uh, she said that one time they had a um substitute gym teacher uh, you're talking about a bunch of 11 year olds and um, they had to go and after gym class, they had to go take a shower and the girls obviously went in the girls and the boys went in the boys and the substitute teacher walked in and was like, oops, I'm in the wrong bathroom or I'm in the wrong. Sh and, wow. and then, you know, walked out. Right. And the two girls like just saw what happened, knew what their mom had said and beelined it to the principal's office. And on the way there, they had the, you know, the truancy officer or whatever they're called, you know, but the officer, sheriff, and told him to come. And they went straight to the principal's office and said, we need to talk to you right now about this situation. Told him point blank what happened. Um, and they handled it. And their mom didn't even know what happened. She got a phone call from the principal and said, hey, you know, I just need to let you know that you know, your daughter's, there was a situation at school and your daughter's handled this situation with, you know, they were perfect. They weren't nervous. They weren't scared. They just handled it. And she goes to her daughter. She's like, well, so what happened in school today? You weren't going to tell me about the substitute teacher. And they're like, no, mom, you told us that if something you, you beat us in, not beat, but like you drove it home that like, this is what you do. Um, and this is how you handle it. And don't be afraid. And the second that it happened, they just went in and did their thing. Um, and that's a funny story. Um, you know, and and the other part that she tells about kids um, being she did. She worked with a lot of kids when she was still a therapist. And it says when kids are uh, infant, toddler and up to about preteen your kids need you to be the facilitators, uh, the providers, the everythings. And then when they get into the teenage stage, which I have one, you've had two. Mm -hmm. uh, you got a young man who's going to be one. I've got one who is a junior who thinks he's an adult. And it's awesome sometimes to watch. But they said that like then you get into these teenage stage and they're starting to figure out cause and effect the girls handle it faster than the boys 
girls brains develop at eight from 18 to 24 boys fully develop at 25 but in the cause and effect stage you are no longer their everything you are their coach you make sure that they get up they you make sure that they brush their teeth and take a shower which is still crazy to me but it happens Mm. um you make sure that they get where they're supposed to go um but this is where they're starting to figure out if i do this this happens if i don't do this this happens where it's the cause and effect but then they forget that you exist sometimes but if you set a foundation this is what i've always heard is if you set a foundation yes their brains will be eaten and taken uh, out of their bodies at times and you look at them as like why the fuck did you just do that and they Mm -hmm. go i don't know Mm -hmm. they really don't know but they're gonna figure it out but if you set a foundation it's kind of funny they'll just figure it out and they'll be like oh this is why they won't ever admit it but this is why mom and dad said this this is that right and then when their brains fully developed then they go off into the world and Mm -hmm. do their own thing and you realize Mm -hmm. like oh shit this is why like this is the struggle that everyone talks about but if you just see it from like they're trying to figure it out and you step back but have those keep having conversations with them and like you said they're always watching my dad was a do as i say not as i do mm-hmm. and that was the world's biggest bullshit because i did what i saw that's the mirror mm-hmm. my son listens to everything that i do i had to take him one time to an appointment and the person was like i bet you he's listening i bet you and they started talking and he answered a question that they asked without without even thinking like and he's listening and they will listen to the parent that speaks the most truth yeah um and I'm not saying that if you're in a if you're in a relationship where both of you guys are together, but they will listen to the parent that is giving them guidance about life because I truly feel kids come knowing everything and we fuck them up. I think we fuck them up a little bit. Mm, yeah, yeah, we definitely do. <laughs> and but they they know and all of our what our job is, like you said, is just to kind of guide them through life. Mm-hmm. But you kind of have to do it with not so much fear that they are terrified. Right. Yeah, right? that's the totally wrong way to go. So Like the constant yelling at them and like... Cussing them out and belittling them. That is... I'm sorry, but when I see a parent doing that, I mean, honestly, I want to just punch you in your fucking face <laughs> when I see you doing that. But um, like, so my mom, when I was growing up, it was also, you know, just like G Money was saying, do as I say, not as I, I do. do right. Okay. And children are to be seen and not heard, all this bullshit. <laughs> I brought you in, I can take you out. Like, oh, I used to yeah. hear that all the time, too. Like, my sister and I would be like, is she really going to kill us? <laughs> you know? <laughs> but so when I'm raising my kids, my mom, she'd be like, you talk too much to them. You need to just fucking go upside their head. And I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm not raising dogs. Yeah. I'm raising human beings. So 
a lot of my parenting, um, because I had to learn how to be a parent. Like, I mean, I took some things from my mom, Mm -hmm. but a lot of the shit that I learned from my mom, like, I used it in a way of, like, what not to do. Right. You know? Right. And I really remembered how it felt being a child, how it felt being scared, being not heard, feeling not loved, uh, you know, being belittled, you know, and I use that as like a guide on how to raise my kids Um, because, you know, I pretty much raised my kids by myself, Mm -hmm. you know, so the the little girl Tasha that's still inside of me, she's really helped me, Mm -hmm. you know, on how to parent. Yeah. So, you know, going back to my mom, she would just be like, you know, you talk too much. You just need to go outside their head and they just need to fucking listen to you because you're the mom and that's that. Huh. No, because I'm not if I do that. And for those of you who do that, you're not teaching your children to actually think mm-hmm. just fear based. And what is that? Like, that's stupid. So. Yeah, of course, like if my kid is about to run across the road, I'm not going to be like, uh, excuse me, um, don't don't go there, cause, you know, because you could get hit by a car. Yada, and then now they're hit by a car. No, I yank their asses up to get them out of, you know, out of danger's way. But then I'm like, OK, now this is why. And I break it down to them because I need to teach my kids like how to think. Right. You know, because I am not always going to be around, you know, especially like when they're in school or around friends. So they need to be able to have that ability to like think outside the box, to like foresee things, you know, because they have that ability to to, to think for yeah. themselves. So there was a situation with, with my um, my oldest. He was probably around like 15 years old and he was hanging out with his boys, you know, in the neighborhood and they were just tossing rocks, you know, trying to skip rocks in a pond that happened to be behind some woman's house. And the woman, she was kind of whacked out or whatever, but she came out and she accused the boys of killing the turtles in the pond. And she said that she was going to call the, the popo. So, of course, you know, my son's friends were like, let's get out of here mm-hmm. because it's fear based. But my son, because I taught him to fucking think. He's like, no, let's not go anywhere because now that's going to make us look like we are guilty. So what um, what he ended up doing was he waited there. My son waited there for the police to come. And of course, you know, the cop came and, you know, asked the boys what they were doing. And, you know, Louis just explained, look. We were just skipping rocks. We're not doing anything wrong. This woman just came out and accused us of doing something. You know, and and the cop, he was like, yeah, that woman is, you know, she's crazy. <laughs> she's always calling us about some kids, you know. But, you know, the point is, my son knew to to think, you know, to think ahead, to think for himself and not to, you know, base everything off of fear because sometimes being... Being afraid will get you in fucking trouble. Like, you have to be able to control, you know, your thoughts and and be assertive. And, and it's not disrespectful to be assertive either. You know, I tell my kids, you know what's right and you know what's wrong. And you feel that. So I don't care if it's Jesus Christ coming up to you, you know, and trying to tell you something. If it doesn't feel right, you know that it's not right. And you speak up. 
you know, yeah. and and because if you if you go by that, and I'm sure that I'm teaching you the right thing, I'm gonna have your back 110. percent Yeah. So, um, from a male side, <laughs> talk about moms. My mom um, would do some things that I swear to you when some of these comedians talk about, like, I wish we had a hotline to call on our parents for the child abuse that they were putting us through, um, which is not necessarily true with my mm-hmm. mom. But what she would do is if we walked into a store or a restaurant or whatever, and there's a door and I opened the door and I walked through first, she would just stand there and wait for me to come back and open the door. Or the same thing with the elevator. If I walked out of the elevator first or whatever, and I could not stand it, could not stand it. It was embarrassing to me. I I let her know sometimes and I'm like, Mom, you used to embarrass me. Do you know I did it? But yet it set a foundation for me to know that a woman should never touch the door. Right? If you can get to the door other than like trying to be all like crazy and bum rush some woman before they touch the door, but like open the door. Um Open the door, you know, allow them to, you know, boys, if you're listening, guys, if you're listening, teach your son this, that like, you know, a woman's respect, um, teach them to treat them like they would their grandmothers or their mothers, you know, like um, if you see a lady, um, you know, struggling to put groceries, especially an older lady, um, you know, yeah, offer, ahead. offer, yeah, hey, yeah. can I help you with that? Can I help you with your bags? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I teach my son um, that now too. Like, you know, your handshake is important. So when people, uh, yes, when definitely. when I bring them around places and they introduce themselves to him, I, he, I don't make him all necessarily, but I step out of the way and allow him to interact with the person. Um, you know, shake your hand. Um, he knows how to say, you know, uh, nice to meet you. And even sometimes I tell him like, okay, can you say goodbye? And, you know, just those, those things that my mom taught me, even though I thought that this is wild, this is crazy. Why are you doing this? But it set a foundation for generations to come. Mm-hmm. Right. And, um, uh, like, and, and then with my son, when I parent him, um, Addison or my daughter, um, with her, I, I am so grateful. I said this in the first one, but I'm so grateful that she is tough, um, but soft too, because I um, always wanted to be around so that my daughter never had to uh, go out and seek validation from another boy or a man, because I know how boys are, because I was one. And um, as far as I know, you know, she doesn't do that now. I mean, she's had her little boyfriends here and there, but... um, she's handled herself. Um, my son is going to be a freaking heartbreaker because the way that boy is charming, everyone just loves him. And I'm just like, God, he's going to charm the pants off of anybody. Um, but I teach him, I take him, uh, with me places. And then we have talks about, 
Um, you know, what happens if you're in the store? Because I'm that I'm kind of the dad that allows him to like run around, which I know is scary these days because of just what like, you know, how you see how these uh, child um, predators, predators yeah. and abusers and, and the trafficking, yeah, sex just trafficking can just oh snatch God. these kids up. <clears throat> but, you know, my son goes to jujitsu, so he's got a little bit of self-defense and self-discipline. And, um, you know, I laugh at him because he's always like, yeah, if someone comes up to me, I'm just going to punch him or kick him in the balls. And I laugh, <laughs> but he, you know, I'm like, okay. Um, and then every once in a while, like, I will, um, like, here's a couple examples. We went to a heat game and, um, you know, I went around the corner real quick and he walked by and I snatched him, Right. And it scared him. He's like, Dad, don't do that, you know. And sometimes you play, but I snatched him and I, you know, I hugged on him and told him that I love him. I said, now, I know you don't mind when Dad does that, but what happens if somebody else does that, a stranger? Just like that. Mm -hmm. Just like that. What do you do? And he's like, I scream and I kick him in the balls. And I'm like, no, but yeah, but what else? And he, mm -hmm. and he tells you, like, I'll run and scream and say, you're not my dad, all this other stuff. Um, you know, and then I... And um, he likes to be really independent. But like, hey, what do you do when you cross the street? You know, you look, you know, allow them to like feed you back some of these lessons that you yeah, want to teach definitely them. Definitely set up situations. Right. What happens if and, you know, I, I give him some space. And we went to a parade. I gave him some space and uh, I wanted to see what he would do. And I, you know, I always had my eye on him, but I ducked down so he couldn't see me. And he came looking for me. M my son is one of those. He'll go off and do his thing and get his freedom, but he'll always come back to make sure that I'm around, especially like if I like today, I brought him um, to work with me and, um, you know, he was doing his thing and he knew where I was, but he always came and he always like puts his hand on me or he gives me a mm -hmm. hug. And sometimes I'm like, why are you doing that? And then I realize like, he's just making sure that I'm there or that I see him. And he's got his own clock that like, Hey, I haven't seen my dad. Right. In a while. Yeah. Um, or like if I, if he's with his friends mm -hmm. and he wants to stay with his friends, he, but he'll ask like, Hey dad, when are you coming to get me? Just so he's, he is time aware. Right. Right. Yeah, that's like good. something doesn't feel right. I, you know, I got this feeling. So he trusts his gut mm. um, on like, OK, I miss my dad or I miss my mom. You know, he's really good with that, too. Um, yeah. So um, one thing I tell my kids, see, because when I when I was a little girl, you know, again, I was taught to be very well behaved and blah, blah, blah. So. Um, so. <laughs> So, um, what the hell was I going to say? So, I almost got kidnapped one time, you know. Really? Yeah. I I was actually living in Naples Bath and Tennis. Yeah. back. Really? Yeah. This was in the, what, late 80s, early 90s. Yeah. And I remember I had fallen, like I was climbing a tree and I fell off. And, and this young guy came up to me and he's like, do you want me to take you home? And... You know, it didn't feel right to me, but because I was always taught to respect your elders. And yeah. yeah, I almost got fucking kidnapped. And one of the kids, my mom happened to be married to his daddy, was my stepbrother. And he was like, no, you know, he spoke up for me. 
So I remember that situation because I was at that time afraid to, you know, say something back to the guy. So now with my kids, I tell them, Nobody wants a badass fucking kid. <laughs> no. you know? Like, so, damn, whose kids are the baby's kids? Yeah, baby's kids. kids. <laughs> so I tell my kids, if somebody tries to come up to you, be like, no, motherfucker. And just, like, just start wilding out. Yeah. Get away from them. Be loud. Be disrespectful. Because what happens is you have these sweet little kids who are like, oh, okay, okay. okay. Yeah, I like a piece of candy. Or I like to see the puppy in the van. Yeah. No, my kid would be like, motherfucker. I'll yeah, stab no, you. Get no. the fuck away from me. Yeah, so I've taught my kids nobody wants a badass kid. They don't uh, want to. That's yeah. kind of true. I was. I always say like, whoever takes my kids are gonna return them. <laughs> Especially that the boy of mine. Even my even my daughter would probably be like, I'm bored. Can you? Where's the Wi-Fi? <laughs> I I got nothing. Like and just be asking all these questions. But my boy would be like. Um, no, like, no, you're supposed to go this way. Where are you taking me? This is not the way to my house. You're going the wrong way. Um, can you please and then ask all these questions? And they'd be like, oh my gosh, I'm taking this kid, I'm just dropping him off yeah. somewhere, right? Like, <laughs> hell no, but um, but no, I, I think you know, I, I know in society right now, we're just like, this is so awful. Um, and you know you're scared to raise your kids and i i think i even though i was raised in the 80s and 90s in chicago and i did a lot of things as a latchkey kid my latchkey kid my latchkey my gen x elder millennials <laughs> like you know <clears throat> but i of course i would never raise my kids in chicago the way i was raised because it was just a different time mm-hmm. but i also want to raise them to not be, uh, to have a healthy fear, but to know what to do with it. Yeah, exactly. Being aware of your surroundings all the time. Yeah. You know, I always tell my kids that, you know, and I've had someone that say, oh, you're making your kids paranoid. Motherfucker, they need to be paranoid. They need to be aware. Yeah. You know, we're not living in fucking, you know, a fairy tale here. Mm -mm. So, um. The Brady Bunch and Cosby show. Right. Now, I did want to touch on something before we uh, close up here. But going back to, you know, like belittling your kids and being, you know, uh, shitty with them. Like it gives you power. Like, you know, that shit is whack. Like, don't don't treat your kids like that. You have your children. Your children are more receptive to what you teach them when you teach them. You know, you treat them with love. Mm-hmm. Um you know, and it's not corny to love your children Mm-mm. and to talk to them, you know, talk, talk kindness and love and positivity into your children um, and teach them to love themselves. And, you know, yeah, because as a child being broken down like I was, you know, they end up growing up accepting a lot of bullshit. Yeah. And um, you don't want that for your children. And. Mm. You know, I, I also see when parents are really shitty to their kids for whatever fucked up reason, like they feel they got to do that. Um, the kids tend to act even worse because it's like, OK, I believe that I'm 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 a little piece of shit. You know, like my mom's calling me and 
So I'm just going to fulfill oh, that role. It's yeah. terrible. Yeah. But if you're like, you know, and, and I'm not saying like kiss your kid's ass, but, you know, let them know like you're special and, you know, I, I treasure you and, yeah. you know, oh, I am special and I'm not going to take disrespect or I'm not going to let people step all over me or I'm not, you know, that uh, all that ties in together. So, mm-hmm. you know, start, start you know, raising your kids with actual love and respect them because how you treat them is how they're going to treat others and most importantly, how they're going to treat themselves and allow themselves to be treated. Right. Um, That's a really good point. And, um, you know, I got this quick story. My son, uh, I mean, it's second grade, but he got an award from the whole school signed by the principal and... Um, he got great grades. Uh, I mean, they're outstanding and satisfactory, but um, he got a reward for the most outstandings and then the most satisfactories. And I was like, great, let's celebrate this accomplishment, right? Mm-hmm. And um, I said, what do you think um, you should you should celebrate or what do you think a reward is for this? Just to give them an understanding that like good hard work um, can be celebrated and he ended up wanting an rc car and i said okay and then of course when we get there he's like a typical kid well can i get this and then can i get that and and we negotiated it you know i said hey listen we can get this or we can get that but we can't get both and one of these things is really cool but it's got a value of let's wait for what happened let's repeat it again at the end of the year yeah but we can stay at this level of reward um and go from there and i can't tell you how many times um you know he has come to me and say like hey dad you know what i was thinking um if i do this you know maybe you can you know we can do this or it's up to you but like what do you think this is a good idea Mm -hmm. now I don't know if that's a special kid or not, but I also believe in what Natasha was saying, like, bless them up, like raise them to be the individual so that they can understand and they can hear their voice louder than they can hear your discipline. Yeah, definitely. And um, and they will learn. I mean, my son has also made some mistakes and he he we talk about it. I said, okay, listen, you did something here and there's a consequence to be paid. So what do you think it should be? I mean, I'm different. I'm not telling you that you should do it my way, mm-hmm. but you can still discipline with some love, right? Yeah, definitely. Because kids and even adults want some discipline, but they want consistency too. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So... All right, y'all. Well, thank you very much for your time. And um, we'd like to hear, you know, from you if you guys have any opinions or um, anything, any questions, whatever. Uh, We are on um, Instagram, uh, 20-something, 40-something. And, um, yeah, feel free to inbox us. Yep. And uh, didn't you have some girls that are doing a podcast that you want to show? Yeah, out? yeah, real quick. So my um, girlfriend, uh, Sandra, she's my longtime girlfriend. I think I've mentioned her in a couple of my other uh, episodes. She shared with me that her uh, two beautiful daughters have a podcast. Oh, my God, what the hell is it called? 
it is so good. So it's Lexi and Angie, and the name of the podcast is... Uh, um, Two dump trucks and a bulldozer. No, <laughs> no, no. Um, the uh, uh, trauma dumpster, trauma dumpster, something like that. Yo, that shit is so good. Y'all have to listen to it. You'll find it on Spotify. These girls are on point. They're hilarious. Trauma dumpsters. Yeah, yeah trauma dumpsters. Please. And, and especially if you have, like, um, you know, teenagers and, you know, uh, they're going through some things. Just listen to these girls. They are hilarious, but they talk about some real shit. <laughs> and they laugh through their pain. So please, check them out. Trauma dumpsters. All right. Peace. Bye. Bye.